like I'm using down in here because we didn't like we won, but I'm complaining about something normally, and uh, so I won't complain about a red zone offense right now. But uh, how, how does Mike Leach uh, celebrate a win like that? What are you going to be doing tonight to, uh, to to celebrate a big victory for you in this program? I'm going to get on a bus and I'm going to ride for four hours to uh, Starkville, Mississippi. Now, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but when that ball went through the uprights, it was one of the prettiest things I'd ever seen. We just beat LSU on the road. Go Hawks! Yeah, great team win for us. Always good to. Uh, Keep the Mayor's Cup where it belongs in the city of Columbia. You like that? Could have gone to either Columbia. You know, when we started talking, I told him, I was like, everybody in the country thinks you stink as a quarterback, and everybody in the country thinks I stink. So let's go at it let's, let's, with the biggest chips on our shoulders that we possibly can get, and let's go attack this thing every single day. You said it exactly, Chip. You answered it. 10-0, undefeated in the SEC. Uh, that's where we've gotten. It makes no guarantee for what's going to happen in the future. We got a lot of guys that we've got to try to get better and, and improve, and um, we got to tackle better. There's a lot of things we can work on to get better. And you know what I love is the being in that locker room over there beside me. They all know that, and uh, nobody thinks they've arrived. Um, there's things we can work on and get better at, and they'll continue to do it. But tonight, they 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 went through a tough gauntlet in our league and uh, and played well. Ooh, welcome in the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brent. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Merry Christmas. Hey, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas to you, Shane. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Just a heads up. You know, this show's already about 12 hours late. It's going to be the last one we got until Christmas. So we got the Florida Gators playing. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a little recap of Missouri. And, uh, hey, special shout-out here, Shane. I want to give a shout-out to somebody. Cousin Ollie, longtime listener of the show, Kentucky fan. He sent us uh, a Christmas present. I got it displayed here. He sent us some, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe they're Maker's Mark Cigars. And he found a way to troll us. I'll throw up the, the photo of a little statement he had here. But he said these might come in handy if Tennessee ever finds a way to beat Alabama. Oh, so yeah. I, ju- I just want to say thanks to Cousin Ollie. Merry Christmas, Ollie, and all the listeners out there. Absolutely. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us this year, especially the cigars. Got them as well. I was saving one for the uh, – we're going to have a little fireside chat here at the end of the year. You know, just kind of a recap of all the teams. So, we thought that would be a good opportunity. The other one I'm going to save uh, for the Alabama game. You know, something I joked about in earlier podcasts, but it's the absolute truth, Mike. When this uh, when this rivalry was thick in it, you know, I, I spent some good money on cigars. Now, as Nick Saban has stayed down there, my cigars have gotten cheaper, you know. So, <laughs> this is by far the best quality smoker that I'm going to have. So, I'm going to hold on to that one for the Alabama game. Maybe I get a little luck there. But, uh, yeah, for all the listeners, Merry Christmas. Uh, we, we, you know, just hang out with us. I, I, I don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen here with the holiday schedule. But that's the way we roll, man. You know, if that eggnog starts kicking in, we may not be on tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I hope everybody has a good time uh, with their family and friends. And, uh, you know, this is, this is my favorite time of the year, Mike. 
We got bowl games on every night. We got college basketball on. We got NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a sports overload because, you know, on the opposite end of this, there's going to come a time when we ain't got anything on TV. So, got the family, right. and friends, everybody's high on life right now. So, I, this is my favorite time of the year, Mike. Yeah, and it uh... – Unfortunately, we got to start. Man, that what a positive message yeah. there, cousin Shane. But we got I got bring it down. Unfortunately, because the SEC started bowl season last night and they came away with a defeat here in the Armed Forces Bowl as Army beats Missouri twenty-four to twenty-two on the last second field goal to win this football game. So at least it was a good game, Shane. But mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like hey, we both picked Army to win this football game. So right. We were expecting it, but once Missouri, they started fast. You know, it looked like for a minute they were going to win this football game. They scored late in the game. And, mm-hmm. man, just like victory stolen from under you. It's such a deflating defeat. But at the end of the day, you're down your four team captains all out for the game. You're starting Brady Cook for the first time in his college football career. And if you come away with the – you know, nobody wants to lose a football game. But I saw some overreactions. Some people – my God, Eli Drinkowitz, he's a terrible offensive coordinator. He, he needs to hire him a play caller. I mean, let's not overreact to a damn bowl game in, in which you know many of your key players are out for the football game. But uh, all in all, Shane, I thought, uh, you know, you never, just never know if your team's going to show up for a game. And, and Missouri, they showed up, and it, this was a lot of backups playing yeah. key roles in this football game. Missouri more or less dominated the first half, really – Limited Army's running a running game. I did not expect that. Uh, I believe it was a plus 90 margin Missouri had on the ground in the first half. But then that damn Army triple option, <laughs> you know, full, all these. It, I never seen so many fullbacks in my life, Shane, making plays left and right. And by the second half, they really started to wear down this thin Missouri defense. And, and that was basically the difference in the game. Uh, you know, Dawson Downing had the big fumble, but – Missouri's defense came back and ha- and had two key stops, and then Brady Cook led the team on a uh, touchdown drive, go-ahead touchdown drive, with uh, just over a minute left in the game. They went for two, weren't able to get it, and that is just going to be a play that haunts the Missouri Tigers for the rest of the season because it was there. It was just, man, after a beautiful touchdown mm-hmm. pass and then the easy, wide-open two-point conversion, Brady Cook missed it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And Army marched down the field, gets the game-winning field goal. And like I said, it's just a deflating way to end the season. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm not defining Missouri Tigers by uh, <laughs> what their backups did uh, in a bowl game. You know what? No, no. I mean, I, obviously, there was some mistakes made in this game, Mike. Uh, there was an opportunity, Mizzou, to put this game away. They looked really good there out of the first half. and. You know, yeah. I guess if you're looking silver lining, yeah, you got you got a young quarterback. You got uh, Knoxville native Elijah Young up there. It was good seeing him mm-hmm. getting some touches. It was it. I don't know. I thought the youth presence that Mizzou had out there and the way they're performing, you know, makes me walk away from this game saying, "Hey, we're gonna be all right, man." You know, um, I, I I hate that they lost it. This was a hell of a game, hell of a finish. Uh, you, you know, this is one you couldn't sleep on because, I mean, even though Army tried, buddy, <laughs> like you said, it felt like uh, I was watching a 1980s highlight reel from my high school here. But uh, uh, <laughs> Army found a way to just keep pounding the rock and, t- and it took advantage of Mizzou. But 
I will say, man, I was really surprised. I thought this was going to be a blowout, Mike. I thought yeah. there was no way that Mizzou was going to be able to stop this rushing attack, and and they did, man. They they kept these boys in check. You know, they fell a little bit there at the end, but uh, I was very impressed with uh, some of the young talent I got to see here on this game. Yeah, and, you know, like I was saying, there was some criticism of Drinkowitz after this game, but just look at Brady Cook, man, the redshirt freshman, first ever start for the Missouri Tigers, completed mm -hmm. 79% of his passes, had a touchdown passing, the, the go-ahead touchdown with a minute and 11 seconds left in the game. He had a touch touchdown on the ground as well. And, you know, we'll get to Connor Bazelak because there's some news there, but, you know, that was always the thing with Connor Bazelak was people always overvalued him because of his high completion percentage. Now we're seeing a redshirt freshman come in here and complete nearly 80% of his passes in his first game nationally televised. And I mm -hmm. think what that tells me, Shane, is, you know, that's a credit to Drinkowitz and his ability yeah. to uh, call a game, to, to put his players in the best position to have success, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. Doesn't ask them to do what they can't do. Gives them mm -hmm. a lot of high percentage passes. And there's, hey, there's a lot of, offensive coordinators and head coaches in the game of college football that don't understand how to do that. I mean, everybody be completing 80% of the passes if it was easy, yeah. but I mean, he just really schemes the game up really well. And, you know, I'll just get to it because Connor Basilak after this game officially jumped in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if nothing else credit him for waiting to the season, because hell, yeah, we've seen it <laughs> quarterbacks left <laughs> and right. I mean, they, they announced in the middle of the season, they announced before the bowl game, you know, he could have done this at any time and, and been a distraction, but certainly after not playing in the uh, Armed Forces Bowl after two seasons of being Missouri's starting quarterback for nearly every game, Connor Bazelak moving on. And, you know, if you don't follow Missouri that well, you could say, oh, my God, they're going to lose a guy that was named SEC Freshman of the Year, all this. Right. But we just saw Brady Cook. He looks just as good, if not better, than Connor Bazelak to me. They've got Tyler Macon, who was an Elite 11 Finals quarterback that this year was his true freshman year. We saw him a little bit against Georgia. That mm -hmm. moment didn't look too big for him. I mean, uh, so, so you got promise there. And then you just signed the number nine quarterback in the country, Sam Horn, out of the state of Georgia. So, hey, I think yeah. uh, Missouri is going to be fine at the quarterback position, even with Connor Basilak moving on. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, really, I truly believe Mizzou is a system. You know, and it, it you're going to move a couple of pieces, maybe a quarterback, maybe a running back, but you're still going to have results. I mean, they still had 200 yards rushing without Beatty, you know. Right. So, it's like the running game didn't go away. They had, a, a I thought, a very efficient job day passing, 238, no interceptions. I mean, this is, this is what you want to see from a freshman quarterback that's probably not going to be the starter here in two years, Mike, you know? So right. I think as the pieces get a little bit better in that system that Eli's that's formulating up there, I think Mizzou's going to be all right, buddy. Yeah. And I mean, this game really, it came down to, you know, some missed opportunities. I know there was the really bad fourth and short and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they called a timeout and then they call a stretch play and that got blown up. That, that killed you there. Uh, the missed two point, uh, mentioned that, but hell they averaged that over se <laughs> seven yards on first down with again, a right. freshman quarterback that had never started. I don't know. I I'm just, I guess I should be blown away by all these people with their hot takes, but you know, I'm not overreacting to Missouri losing this football game and, 
and not even uh, you know a couple of bad plays here or there again with so many uh, backups playing key roles in this football game. No, I I, I totally agree with you. And uh, again, you know, I you know the fourth play, the fourth down, that one it drives you nuts. But if it works. You know, you, you're always like, man, that was a hell of a call. <laughs> you know, right. and, but when it when it when it doesn't work, you're like, what the hell? You know, why didn't he just? You know, so I, I'm that way. It's, it's easy to armchair quarterback this thing, but the fact of the matter is, it, it could have went either way. Army played it well, and uh, you know, and it was a crucial it was a crucial turnover. But you know, that's what you learn, man. You know, this 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 bowl game. I I hate to say it, but. The, there were so many people not playing in this thing. You know, it was good seeing some of the – even some of the upperclassmen that didn't get a lot of playing time, you know, get to get out in the field but one last time with Mizzou. Some of these guys that are not going to be playing in the NFL. So, that I felt like there was some grit on this team, and that's something I haven't seen in a while. Uh, it mm-hmm. just – it felt like this team was – was playing for each other, and, and, you know, that's always good for a locker room, especially going into an offseason. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that, Shane, because I do want to make that point because I, I don't want this to get twisted because everybody makes the same damn joke, and they, they were making it after this game that, uh, you know, the SEC, you know, they don't want to be here. They, they could have won if they wanted to. Right. I, that's not what I'm saying because it's true what you're saying. Every player that took a field wanted to win this football game. Right. And they gave it their all. And they're playing a damn triple option attack that uh, you know no one no one enjoys playing against that. But no. and Missouri didn't have success the entire game, but they did for a lot of it. And mm-hmm. that that's a tough system to prepare for. It's a tough system to play for. And they gave you know, the players that showed up and, and played this game. They gave their all. Just came up a play short. And uh, at the, at the end of the day, you know, credit them for showing up because you know, we've seen SEC bowl games in the past where were basically the team no-showed, and this was not one of those. No, no. I, I, and two, if you're going to have – if you're going to ban targeting, Mike, you should ban the triple option, in my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It's college football. We got – it's just I, – I get it. It's a competitive edge, you know, but that, now's the time, right? Now's the time to get rid of that damn – it's just – it drives me nuts, and it's, it's, it's a storyline that you have to make every so often – when one of these teams come in and play an SEC opponent, you know, it's like, well, you got you got to be prepared because there's that one year against Alabama they kept it close at halftime, you know. So whatever, I, I'm ready for uh, the triple option to officially retire and find out. I'm gonna find out. What my, hey, what's going on out there? Jeez Louise, we're in the Christmas spirit, right? Let me make sure Santa ain't on the roof here, Mike. Let me give you something. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm back. All right, Shay. Well, speaking of topics that, uh, you know, we hate to discuss, but we basically have to at this point. But uh, COVID has struck, Shane, something that we mm. <laughs> we avoid at all costs. But it, it's cost us an SEC bowl game, Shane, because Texas A&M not able to play in the Gator Bowl. That was officially announced on Wednesday. I'll throw up uh, Texas A&M's official statement here on the YouTube channel, but uh, apparently they were down to, let's see what it says here, 30-some-odd scholarship players available in this football game, including just 13 <clears throat> defenders. So, you know, I, and that's that's a, that's a combination of opt-outs, COVID, season-ending injuries. I mean, just don't have the players to play against Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. And uh, interestingly enough, they've, 
pivoted already. They're at Rutgers. Oh, she, uh, no, he's, he's got his ass to a bowl game. He found a way to get Rutgers to a bowl game. Thanks to A&M bouncing out of it. But, uh, Man, it just hates hate to lose a bowl game like this, and uh, particularly after last season, I thought we were thought we were done with this during bowl season. But uh, I guess this is going to remain a topic for the time being. Yeah, a frustrating topic, Mike. One that we'll never never stop talking about. You know what I'm saying? And I'm <laughs> the thing about it is, is if kids got COVID, okay, I get it. But if he was, you know, at a group with somebody that used to have it or did have it, you know, it's just one of these close contact deals. That's the part that sucks, man. It's like we, mm. we test daily, you know. We'll test daily. If they don't have it, let them play. But just because they were in a room with somebody for five seconds, you know, it's all of a sudden we got to rip them out of their class. But, again, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to be that guy, you know. So, we, we're, we try to steer clear of the C word, you know. So, uh, but it is frustrating because I was really wanting to see Texas A&M whoop some ass, and I feel bad because again, here you are, similar. I mean, think about this, Mike. Here's you got a situation where you got some Aggie fans that wanted one more game, you know, one yep. more opportunity to watch their team play. Maybe had arrangements made they were going to go to this bowl game. You've got some players on that team that will never play college football again. You know, this was their last opportunity to suit up for a college football team. Uh, and it's not just, you know, it's 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 a combination of that. Now, I try, to, I try not to be selfish, but I am. I wanted to see it. But, you know, I feel bad for the ones that are really close to it. You know, the ones that this is it. This is the last game. You always remember your last one, and, and it sucks that your last game was, you know, cut short because some people opted out and some people were in close proximity to somebody that had COVID. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see why so many Aggies opted out of this one, Shane. Maybe they saw this coming with just the numbers being low. And from what I understand that the ticket sales were pretty abysmal when it comes uh, not from Wake Forest side, but from the Aggie side. So yeah. a pretty interesting combination of factors here, but I do find it comical that People saying the Aggies running from Wake Forest. Oh, give me a damn break. I mean, the Aggies were favored in this football game. Talking about wanting to see the Aggies one more time, it it was sounding like Haynes King, who won the job in fall camp and, and started the season as a starting quarterback before he got injured, sounds like he was going to be good to go. So, man, I would have loved to seen him return to oh, action yeah. and get a head start on the 2022 season. You know, I'm sure he'll be fine moving forward, but – just selfishly, I, I would have loved to see one more game <laughs> against a quality opponent, at least a quality ACC opponent, if you can call him that, uh, for Haynes King. So uh, we were kind of robbed of that. But yeah. you know, it is, I wish it is could, what it is. It sucks. I, I'll tell you, man, there has been a lot of shit talking online, and I wish I wish Texas A&M could opt back in, you know. Jimbo, <laughs> Jimbo could pick about six scholarship athletes and go over there and beat Wake Forest. So I'm not worried about them at all. We've seen them play, but uh, it just it, it, I hate it again for the fans. I hate it for the family, and I hate it most for the players on that team. They'll never get to take a snap again, you know. Right, right. And speaking of that, uh, the dreaded C word chain. Alabama has officially announced that uh, offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien and mm -hmm. offensive line coach Doug Marone both have COVID as well. Now, the statement, I'll throw it up here on the YouTube page as well, but uh, uh, you know, it just says they are both expected to be returning 
in time for the college football playoff matchup uh, against Cincinnati. So Mm -hmm. they're both uh, uh, experiencing mild symptoms and and all that. So, you know, it sounds like they're going to be fine. Of course, that's, you know, that's just the expectation. Well, things could change. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. Nick Saban's got him an army assistance down there. It's not like, uh, (laughs) you know, if if a, a coach or two is unable to, to be there, I mean, they got plenty of guys to, to step right in and, and mm-hmm. kind of assume those roles. But I wanted to mention that because the college football playoff committee, Shane, has come out here and announced their official COVID protocols. And, man, this this really got me heated, Shane. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But, you know, of course, we've got two college football playoff games upcoming on New yeah. Year's Eve. We got Alabama, Cincinnati, and we got Michigan, Georgia, and according to uh, the college football playoff committee, if for whatever reason, let's say Cincinnati unable to play against Alabama because of COVID, Alabama automatically advances to the national championship to, to play the winner of Michigan mm. versus Georgia. And even dumber, Shane, if some catastrophe happens and let's say Cincinnati and Alabama cannot play their semifinal playoff game the winner of georgia michigan will automatically be named the national champion and i I just want to get your thoughts on this shane i mean of all the things that we got to cancel i mean can we not push this back or uh, i mean there's got to be so many (laughs) alternatives other than just well hell we'll just scrap the the two most important games of the season yeah, what's, what's terrible is we made it all season through the games. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like we're getting here to the finish line, and now all of a sudden, I don't know how all that stuff works. I am not a scientist. I'm not here to, to preach COVID <laughs> facts to you or anything like that, but it would be horrible, you know. I mean, absolutely horrible for, for this game to be decided – by COVID, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, I don't – do you know what the numbers are? Like, is there a – like a line – because I remember last year there were some restrictions on, on different types of players. Like, we could have so many uh, – you had to have so many offensive linemen, so many – you know, yada, right, yada, right. yada. Is that the similar pattern? Or do you – have they even come out with that? Yeah, honestly, I've not heard heard any talk of that because I thought we had moved on from all this. I mean, yeah. I'm not aware of, uh, you know, any – Player. I'm sure there have been some – I know of a handful, I guess I should say, but I don't know any, like, position groups knocked out this season. I know, mm-hmm. like I said, a player here or there that's maybe had to miss a week or two. But, yeah, I mean, I thought we were we were over and done with this. And now that's why – the only reason I want to talk about this because all of a sudden we got a national championship game in a week. <laughs> and they're saying, well, hell, if they can't play, we'll just, I know. We'll just crown one of the other teams. I mean, how stupid, like – this is we're yeah. talking national championship here. Let's if that happens, and let's let's just hope none of this matters, and they can just play, which which is probably going to be the outcome anyway. But right. you know, if so, if something happens, you know, let's push it back three or four days. I mean, what in the hell is the the harm in that? <laughs> what what exactly do you have planned in February? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to interrupt your Valentine's Day or anything, but it seems like we could find a way to play the college football playoffs. You're not moving anything, so I don't know. I, I'm with you. This has got to get played, and uh, 
it is kind of funny. The only the only team that has an opportunity to beat Alabama that first week is COVID. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy to me. So no, I think they get in their bubbles. They hang out for a good five six days, and then they get them tested, and then let them play this ball game. I don't think there's a chance. I think this is one of. The, I don't want to get too too worked up. I think Texas A&M scared the hell out of everybody, but. I, yeah. I think, you know, there's not opt-outs with Alabama. There's not opt-outs with mm-hmm. Georgia. And there's, you know, these teams are coming to play. So, uh, it's it's going to take a serious, uh, I, I don't know, maybe just a group setting where a whole bunch get it. But I, I just don't see that happening, Mike. I think they're just too much money's on the line, man. I, I, I know what it right. boils down to is these universities, if they don't play, there's money going to be lost here. So I think they're going to do everything, their due diligence to make sure that these kids stay in their groups, stay in their pods, if you will, so one doesn't affect the other and they'll be ready to play. So, yeah, yeah I'm not and, worried about and, that. But yeah. Maybe at the end of the day, Shane, that maybe they're that you make a good point. Maybe that's the silver lining of losing this A&M game. I mean, we hate to lose it. We just talked about that. But, you know, maybe Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati mm-hmm. see that and say, well, hell, you know, they can, they can, they, they done canceled one team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if we don't, whatever protocols they got to go through or whatever, uh, you know, maybe they'll, they'll make sure they're strictly following it. Cause it, those players got a mm-hmm. national championship to play off, to play for. And I mean, they're all, their legacies in those college towns and within their family and their peers and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean that we're talking the rest of their life. They'll be known as champions and uh, we're, we're only a week away, man. So fingers <laughs> right. crossed. Hopefully none, <laughs> none of this is an issue, but uh, uh, man. Who'd, that, you, who'd you say was out Bill and Doug? Yeah. About Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator and Doug yeah. Marone, the offensive line coach. Golly. They're regretting that trip to Applebee's, ain't they? <laughs> <laughs> And apparently, man, I forgot about this one. So this, Georgia has not announced this, but everybody and their mothers reported it. So I got to say reportedly, it may not even be true, but every outlet is sharing this news that uh, JT Daniels test positive for COVID. So Mm. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be out, but hell, if Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone are are supposed to be back, I, I would safe to assume JT Daniels will be back in time as well. But how much? preparation time is that going to cost him maybe if he was right. going to be the starter maybe they got it maybe that forces their hands and and maybe that means Stetson Bennett is going to start against mm-hmm. Michigan so just a little wild card out there that uh that may affect Georgia's preparation and maybe it doesn't maybe maybe he was going to be the backup all along or maybe he's far and away they see in practice the better quarterback and they're saying well hell, mm-hmm. as soon as he's back he's back at, with the QB1 <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out. Can it there. be fake news? Like, can it can it be like uh, <laughs> like they just put that out there just to mix things up, and then you know the whole team comes out there, and all of a sudden the glass breaks like Stone Cold, you know? <laughs> and how here he comes outside the locker rooms like this whole week you've been game planning for the mailman. So I don't know. I, I I think just keeping them on their toes. That's that's the cool thing about the off season. You just never know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping for some, some great games. I mean, Vegas obviously wants, uh, wants Alabama and Georgia to play each other. You and me obviously want these, these guys to play again. Uh, but we got to get there. You know what I'm saying? So these little, 
these little uh, news articles that keep coming out, they drive you nuts, but they, they are news and they, and they need to be paid attention to because, you know, if you if your quarterbacks are out, man, you're screwed, you know. So uh, right. I am I, I promise if we get any more news like this, we'll be sure to put it on the on the Twitters. Uh, uh, and if it's real bad, I guarantee we're going to jump on. Even if it's mid Christmas, you know, we'll, we'll jump on here and let you guys know. OK. <laughs> Yeah, you just made you made me think of something, Shane. If that were to happen, you know, maybe this is all smokescreen. JT Daniels comes out here and has a career game. I can just see Harbaugh complaining in the post game <laughs> immediately after. You know, he's gonna be bitching about something. You know what? Oh yeah, and I guarantee if Georgia doesn't have a quarterback, cousin Eddie would find one. You know, he's like that. <laughs> Like a Christmas vacation, you know. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Georgia's going to play this game. Alabama's going to play this game. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> but, but I guarantee, you, yes, he will complain the entire time <laughs> in his pleated khaki pants, you know. <laughs> well, hey, we got a uh, bowl game to preview, Shane. And just, uh, just a little heads up to the audience. If you're watching on YouTube, this may be a little weird. We already recorded this segment. <laughs> we weren't aware we were going to be doing this podcast, but so much happened. So wanted to jump on real quick. So let's kick it over, Shane, to our preview of the Gasparilla Bowl between Florida and Central Florida. Yeah, and also a little preview. I was I had a few too many before this one, so I apologize <laughs> <laughs> in advance. <laughs> All right, Shane. So. Thanks for joining the show for a quick pick I'm here, but we couldn't go without uh, Shane's take on the Gasparilla Bowl. What? <laughs> I, I never even heard of that bowl, to be honest with you, but uh, we got what should be a good game here, Shane. Florida versus UCF. The Gators favored by seven, and this is a 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff on ESPN, 6 o'clock Central. The over-under, 55.5 points. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake on a previous show, Shane. Emory Jones expected to start at quarterback for Florida. Now mm-hmm. he's expected to jump in the portal after. This is where we're at in college <laughs> football, brother. I don't. I never heard of a guy saying, "Yeah, I'll, I'll finish a year, I'll start for you, and then I'm out of here." But you know, I guess there's there's some understanding there because of the coaching change. He was a damn mullet yeah. guy, so I get it. I'm, I'm not trying to give him a hard time, but it is what it is, man. It's just it's just wild to hear that. But players were going to definitely have out for this game. Anthony Richardson out for the game. He had surgery. Zachary Carter, their outstanding defensive lineman, he has opted out. And, of course, Jacob Copeland and Chris yeah. Bogle, they have both entered the transfer portal, no longer part of uh, Billy Napier's Florida team here. And Man, so this is a difficult, difficult one to predict. But uh, who do you like in the matchup? Florida, UCF, Gators favored by a touchdown. The Gasparilla Bowl. I mean, who makes this stuff up, Mike? You know, somebody was at a conference <laughs> room and they said, all right, guys, I got it. What about <laughs> – you know, I can only imagine. It's like 2 in the morning. They've tried all this. The billboards are knocked down. They're like, all right, if we don't come out with something, we're all fired. All right, we got to, we got to push this. It sounds stupid, but you're going to love it. Yes, the uh, Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl is where we're at now. <laughs> Uh, and this game hopefully is going to be a lot more excited than, than the, the way it sounds, man. I think Emory's big. 
I, I do, man. I, 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 you know, I give him Emory a hard time. You know, uh, he's he's had a tough road, man. He really has. He's he's gone through yeah. quite a bit, uh, but he never quit. You know, and then when you think he quit, he didn't quit. He came back. You know, so I kind of like that, and and you know that that. I don't know, kind of, I don't want to call it a Rudy story, but, you know, just like a, just one more for the Gipper kind of deal is what it feels like, uh, you know. And, and the fact of the matter is these guys, they're not like rivalries, but they hate each other. This this right. game is sold out, man. The, the, this place will be packed. It'll be full of Florida fans. It'll be Florida uh, full of UCF fans. Uh, these are two teams that people want to see play more often because I don't know if, you know, growing up, there was three teams in Florida, man. There was the Gators, there was Florida State, there was Miami, and that was it. Then all of a sudden, here come these FAUs, here comes these UCFs and South Floridas and all these other little programs, you know. But it just mm-hmm. seems like none of them could just get into that group of three. Uh, but here of late, UCF just keeps knocking at the door, man, just keeps knocking at the door. In fact, these guys, they got a – do you remember the controversy? They tried to get the home and home, and, and oh, yeah. Florida said, said, hell no, we ain't doing no home and home. We'll do two homes and one away. How about that? You know, mm-hmm. that, Because if you do that, you're acknowledging that they're here to stay. Now, you create that narrative or you add fuel to that narrative if you let the UCF Knights beat you. Okay, and now Florida Gators, obviously, rough season. I mean, there's plenty of jokes, plenty of memes. It's been a fantastic year if you're not a Gator fan. You know what I'm saying? The jokes practically were writing themselves. But the fact of the matter is you're still a storied program. Okay, you now have a head coach. Okay, I think Napier is the future. I think they salvaged a lot there on the the recruiting class. I think there's brighter days ahead there in Gainesville. But – this is all about the locker room, Mike. This is all about them coming together. And I think if we see the same energy that we saw in that Florida State game, I think they can mm-hmm. beat any Florida team for sure. And UCF, definitely, okay? Because UCF's got some talent, but nowhere near the talent the Gators do. Their second team could beat the shit out of UCF if they come out and play. That's where I'm at, okay? Now, the fact of the matter is, I don't want to put too much into the Gators because if you look – They've hurt me, man. They've hurt me in gambling. I think they've only won like three out of the last 12 games when the point spread's in play. So it's tough putting money on these guys. But I love the story. I love the I love the the grit there at the end and getting into a bowl game. And you mm-hmm. do that with some of the players that are coming back. You don't it's not Copeland. All right. It's it, when you when I'm seeing these guys leave, I, I fine, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. Right now, we need to talk about the program the Florida Gators are going to be in the years to come. You do that by keeping the ones that are there. I, I, I just – I don't know. I just think these guys are playing with their heart. You're seeing them – even the celebration with Dan Mullen after that one game, you know, it's like, why are we why are we celebrating this game, you know? But that's just who these kids are. So, all right, I'm rambling, I'm drunk, and I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, Florida Gators win this game. I just – I'm afraid to put money on them. Okay, so that's why I've got the Gators winning, but not covering because they've not done it nine out of the 12 times. So give me Florida Gators 35, UCF limps in with 31. Yeah, I think you might be on to something, Shane, because I think on paper this is not a great matchup, but mm-hmm. you know everything you just spieled on about there, I mean, makes it a good matchup because these two, while they don't play often, they are – I don't want to say technically rivals, but it's an in-state rivalry. There's bad blood. Yeah. The mm-hmm. fans hate each other. I got to yep. imagine the players hate each other. 
And, you know, let's not overlook the fact that old Gus Malzahn's down there now in Central <laughs> Florida. He hates the Gators, you know. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, so, so many factors here. I know Florida fans are, are glad to wash their hands of Dan Mullen, but I kind of wish they'd sneak him back on the sidelines just for this one, Shane, <laughs> because I loved watching those Gus Malzahn, Dan Mullen battles over the years in the SEC mm-hmm. West. Would have been uh, great to see one more of those. But we got Greg Knox instead, the interim coach. He is now 2-0. and as an interim coach, so he knows what he's doing, and that yep. includes a bowl win over Lamar Jackson when he was at Mississippi State. So I, I'm not too worried about uh, the coaching in this game for the Florida Gators. It all comes down to motivation and the fact that, yeah, I kind of poke fun at the fact that Emory Jones is, is jumping in the portal after this game, but, mm-hmm. you know, it says something about him. It says something about this team that, you know, he could have easily just said, to hell with this game. What? I don't need this. But yeah. He wants to stay, stick it out, and start for this team, show what he can do. One more uh, game on film that he can show teams in the portal, but also so he can get it done for his teammates. And I think that says a lot about Emory Jones. It says a lot about the players that are still planning to compete here against UCF. Because, you know, UCF, I think, is going to come with it. And, man, do I hope there's a little mini brawl like there was Florida State because Mm -hmm. that – it, that seemed to light a fire under Florida's ass. And after that, I mean, it was all Gators against the mm-hmm. Seminoles. And I hope UCF's dumb enough to do something like that because if you get a motiv- motivated Gators, you are going to get whooped in this game. And that's exactly what I'm predicting is going to happen, Shane. I'm going Florida 27, UCF 13. I mm. think uh, I think it's a two-touchdown game. I think Florida, as long as they show up ready to play, and I think they will. I think they control this one. I think they dominate it. Oh, yeah. The old bounce house. Bounce that ass right out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on now. Good. We'll see him. I can't wait to hear him at the end of this game. So, uh, no, I still think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it'll be a hell of a matchup. And, and like I said, the fact it's sold out. I mean, name name all the bowl games that are going to be sold out. This is, this is big. This is big football right, right here. And it's an audition for Napier. I mean, there's there's a lot of players on here getting an opportunity to to, to perform in front of the coach. You know, you're mm-hmm. trying to earn a starting position. And who knows, man? I ain't saying it, but, I mean, Emory's not gone, clearly. There's a chance he could be sticking around. So, let's see what he does. You know, it, it, it's it's clean slate. Uh, I, I just think pure talent is going to win this game, and that's why I like the Gators. All right, Shane. So, hey, once again, Merry Christmas to all the listeners out there. Merry Christmas to you, brother. And, man, fired up for uh, we got at least one more SEC football game before Christmas rolls around here. Mm -hmm. And, man, hopefully the SEC gets their first win of bowl season like we both anticipate they will. But you got anything else before we hop off the line for uh, the last time before Christmas? No, I just hope they all have a wonderful Christmas. And, uh, again, thank you for everything y'all done for us, those reviews. Those those have helped us out so much. Um, seeing some koozies. Uh, yep. Got to see a couple of beer koozies during the bowl games. Be sure to send that to our Twitter page, and we'll, we'll, we'll get that retweeted out. But, yeah, you see a podcast posted. If you want to send a retweet, man, you know, little things like that doesn't take too long. But there may be somebody in your feed that – looking for an sec pod to listen to and and uh we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys i mean seriously it's all been word of mouth and uh i just i thank you from the bottom of my heart so um when we get back from christmas 
uh, we are going to sit down at some point. We're going to do, uh, we're going to read some of these reviews. So if you do got a five-star review, maybe you get an iPhone for Christmas. Come on now. If you get one of those, be sure to send a five-star <laughs> review to us, uh, that SEC podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, Mike will do all the work from there and I will, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, no, that's, that's all I got, man. And, uh, Merry Christmas to all and to all. Go Vols. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a great point. Didn't even think about it, Shane. New iPhones, new iPads, yeah, that, new computers, on, new reviews. So hook yeah. us up, and we'll keep showing up. Uh, we really do appreciate each and every that's, one that's of you. That's new, new reviews, not nude. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> I may have been drinking, too, so uh, apologize. Hey, it's the holidays over here. You know what? But... Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, Shane. I appreciate you as always. Appreciate each and every one of you. Catch you on the next one, and Merry Christmas. See you guys. Merry Christmas. Go balls.